Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stephen James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome and let's begin. Hey everyone, this is Stefan from ProjectLifeMastery.com and today I'm being joined with Matt Clark from The Amazing Selling Machine. And today we want to dive into talking about Amazon product research, how to make sure that you can find the best, most profitable product for you to sell on Amazon. So thank you for joining today. Yeah, and for sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'd love just to pick your brain a little bit and just ask, you know, what are, what are you, when you, when you work with someone to pick a product to sell on Amazon, what are the things that someone should look for? Mm-hmm. How can they start researching and seeing, you know, what the demand is, what is selling, and just kind of, you know, what are the criteria and the things they should look out for? Yeah, so I mean, the first thing is, is making sure you're kind of following a good model is that you know, the business that I started out off in was uh, e-commerce, it was in drop shipping, and so basically what I was doing was going out there and finding products that uh, I could get access to the same exact product through like a distributor or the manufacturer directly, and I was selling their brand. That is not the model we recommend. Uh, you're competing against everyone else for the same exact product. You're likely competing against the brand itself, and your margins are horrible. The margins are no good in that business. Yeah. Uh, and so that's not what we recommend. Is that the so, retail arbitrage model? model uh, or is yeah, it? so retail arbitrage, similar kind of concept, but a little bit different. Like this is like the advantage to like drop shipping is you can go out there and like you can kind of like you never have to touch any inventory, buy any inventory. But trust me, been there, done that, not what you want to do. Yeah. And so in this case, you're going out there and like creating your own brand. And so you want to look for opportunities where you can actually create your own brand. Like the opposite end of the spectrum is going out there and uh, looking at iPhones and being like, sweet, I'm going to create my own brand of iPhones. Very difficult to do. There's a lot of technology that goes in there. So you're creating more basic consumer products, uh, which there's millions of different ones out there. So that's the first thing is make sure you're doing the right model. And then if you're looking at Amazon, which is what we're talking about here and where we believe is the best place to build a business today, if you're looking at Amazon, you're like, okay, there's millions of products sold on any one of their marketplaces. How do I decide what's a good opportunity? How do I decide what to sell? So first thing is, is that, you know, in the past we've given away a list of categories. Maybe we can get you this list. Um, but either way is that there's a list of categories that are good and a list of categories that are, are bad. And the general idea is that you just want to go after stuff that kind of fits the model. Physical consumer products that you can sell that aren't crazy big, that aren't crazy cheap, and I can talk about some of these criteria. You're avoiding things like software and, and, and apps. Uh, you're avoiding anything that has a crazy number of variations, like clothing, t-shirts, 
Uh, there's a whole bunch of different sizes, there are different colors, it just really adds complexity to the business. Uh, jewelry is another kind of bad one. So we're looking at basic consumer products. Things that'll go in your kitchen, things that'll go in your house, things that'll go in your car, um, uh, nutritional products, beauty products, fitness products, uh, basically any other kind of uh, cell phone accessories is fine too. So all that kind of stuff is good, so you want to make sure you're, you're selling that kind of product, nothing digital. Um, and uh, yeah, you're using Amazon as basically a research tool. And then once you kind of narrow that down a little bit, then you kind of like start looking through a category. You're like, okay, within this category, uh, you know, what's a good opportunity? So the way Amazon works, it's got something called best sellers rank. And so best sellers rank for any given category is from one to up to hundreds of thousands, depending on the category. And so number one is the number one best selling product in that category. And then it kind of goes up from there. So you're looking for products that ideally are less than you know, 5,000 is, is good. Uh, the volume per category is different, like health and personal care, supplements, it's a very high volume category. Cell phone accessories, very high volume category. Whereas maybe like um, industrial and scientific or appliances, not as high volume of a category. But it still gives you some relative idea in terms of products you want to go after. So when you're looking at a category, you're looking for best sellers rank less than say 5,000. And you're also looking for a specific price range. And so what we found out is that for the product to have a good profit margin, but not be so crazy expensive to get started that you're putting a lot of risk out there, is we like to see products that are anywhere between say 20 and $70 or so selling price. And so this is the price when you are just a consumer looking on Amazon, you'll notice that every product is being sold for something. And so you're looking for 20 to $70 or so around that range. So what that does is that means that when you're buying inventory, it's not going to be crazy expensive. If you're going out there and like, you know what I'm going to do? I've never sold on Amazon. I've never built a business before, but I'm going to sell this $500 uh, you know, squat rack or something like that. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, cool. I buy two units and I'm out $1,000 or something. Or depending on product cost, you yeah. know, it could be more or less. Yeah. Uh, but that adds a lot of unnecessary risk. Um, and so we recommend products that are $20 to $70. That means your total cost per unit is likely anywhere between say two to three bucks up to maybe 20 bucks or so. Um, so then you can buy a significant number of units, at least a few hundred units, and get started without a crazy amount of money out the door. And you still have a good profit margin. Because sure, you could go out there and, and, and sell a product that sells for $5, uh, and you can buy it for 10 cents, but then your profit margin, their dollar profit margin, is just not very much. So selling price is another important thing. And then uh, we typically look at products that are light and small. And so if you can do it less than a pound uh, and relatively small, you know, there's a glass of water, so like this kind of thing would fit the kind of uh, small criteria. Whereas different than like you could find a product that meets the price range, um, maybe doesn't weigh a whole lot, but is like a giant bulky thing. That'll ramp up shipping costs, uh, it'll ramp up storage fees with Amazon. And so you're looking for a product that's relatively light and small. Like the holy grail of a product is a product that sells for say 30 to 40 dollars and is about this big and weighs next to nothing. And there's products out there like that, but you know, there's plenty of opportunity in other stuff. You know, we started pushing up um, the size and weight limits a little bit because it can increase cost a little bit, but other than that, the business model works exactly the same. You can still use FBA, you can still use a shipping company or a freight forwarder. Nothing really changes about the operations. It can just be a little bit more expensive. I mean, we have products that we have, you know, case study brand uh, that, that weigh up to probably four pounds, I believe. Um, other than that, business model is exactly the same. Shipping and storage is just a little bit more expensive. Um, but ideally, products are light and small. And then one of the other things you want to look at is 
the number of reviews. Um, because in general, reviews are a good kind of gauge of how hard it's going to be to compete with this product. And so if you go out there and you find a product opportunity that meets everything else, but you're like, this product has 5,000 reviews, the next one has 5,000 reviews, the next one has 5,000 reviews. When you go through the, the process of getting your product live and you've got your five reviews from people that you know, uh, people are going to be looking at your product with your yeah. five reviews, their yeah. product with 5,000 reviews, yeah. they're going to be like, I think I'm going to go with the other product. Yeah. Um, where it becomes less of a factor if they only have like a couple hundred reviews. And sure, you only have five reviews to begin with, it's still a little bit of an uphill battle. Yeah. But then once you get up to like 50 reviews, 75 reviews, and if they just have like 150, 200, it's not that big of a deal. Because mm -hmm. you can do things like you have better copy, you have better images, you have a bonus in there, you have a better product. And people are like, this is probably good enough in terms of quality level, in terms of reviews, that, it, that it's fine to compete with. So um, yeah, so those are some of the main criteria we look That's for. That's awesome, yeah. There's, there's definitely a lot of different factors. And what I'll do is I'll link below this video. Um, you guys have a PDF of sharing different product opportunities as yep. well as going more into the categories yeah, yeah. too because it can seem very overwhelming. There's a lot of things that you gotta look for and that's yeah. always why I recommend a good training program to help you make sure that you pick the right product because I work with people all the time and they share with me, Stefan, I've got this product that I wanna sell but I'll point out things that they weren't aware of that's only gonna make it difficult for them in the future. It might be the weight of the uh, product, it might be the size, it might be an electronic, it might be something that could easily get, you know, go, you have to deal with refunds or negative reviews, but you don't yeah. want to have to deal with those hassles. Yeah. Um, one thing I'll mention too, though, I, I think, a, a, uh, especially when you're first starting, you want to really make sure that you follow that criteria, right? But as you gain more experience, you can kind of break the yeah. mold a little bit because you have the experience. This is just more so for someone that's brand new. You want to make sure that you have that early success that builds your confidence. And then once you really got that down and maybe you built your brand, you can kind of venture off a little bit too, right? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I mean, like, so a couple of different things can happen is you can get your first product live, you learn a lot of stuff, you're like, okay, I've kind of got this brand up and going, I understand how this whole machine works, I understand what makes a good opportunity. I want to create a new brand that, um, you know, I'm willing to go a little bit heavier, will, willing to go a little bit different category or something like that. Uh, or the other hand is, like, you get this one thing up and running, you get this one brand up and running, and you're like, you know what, a lot of people are behind this other product. And maybe this other product is less expensive or maybe it's more expensive than what we would typically recommend, but you know for sure your existing customers are already buying that product, right. then that can allow you to kind of like fudge some of those numbers and kind of go outside our typical criteria uh, because you've already got kind of an existing audience and you know what you're doing at that point. Like when we give these criteria, all we're trying to do is uh, remove as much risk as possible and make it as likely as possible that somebody even brand new, zero experience to business much less e-commerce or selling on Amazon can be successful. Yeah, for sure. Because I, I have people that come to me and say, well, Stefan, I've, I've got this product. I really want to sell. I really believe I can do well with it, but maybe it's in a more gated category. And I'll yeah. say, well, I mean, yeah, that's against what I'd recommend, but you could still do it. There's people that do get ungated. Just understand it might just be more of an uphill battle for you. But if you're really committed to that and you believe in that product and you could do well with it, just understand it's going to be more risk, right? And the same could be said with any product that they might decide to go with. Um, so I love that. It's just making sure that you can have the least amount of friction possible. Because especially when you're first starting, you don't want to have to deal with some of those headaches and those issues yeah. that a lot of people go through. Um, so also I want to ask you um, about in terms of selling the product, you would, 
a lot of it, as you mentioned, is kind of you have to look at the numbers in terms of your profit margin. So, what's the typical profit margin that you'd recommend for someone first starting um, in deciding to choose that product? Yeah, so we like to see you know somewhere between thirty and forty percent. So this is after uh, you figured out what you can sell it for within reason. Where some people have gotten in trouble in the past is that you know they went out there and they tried to sell a product that they basically had to fudge the numbers in terms of uh, what price they'd sell it at. They're like, yeah, that's a good opportunity. I've done all this work. I think this is going to be great, but I'm going to have to sell it for you know, $10 more than the competition. And then they get the product live and they're crap. They're like, I can't sell this thing for $10 more than the competition. And so you want to be honest about the numbers. It's a much cheaper mistake at the beginning to have to go back and research another product than it is to do it after you've already spent money on inventory. Um, so th- when I say 30 to 40%, I'm talking about selling price, less any shipping cost, less the product cost, less Amazon FBA fees, less Amazon fees, so they take about 15%. And uh, that's what I'm talking about. So if you do all that and you've got a starting profit of 30 to 40%, that can be good to get started. So then later on, you'll probably be able to raise your price. You'll probably be able to get cheaper inventory. Uh, You'll probably be able to optimize your shipping a little bit so it's a little less expensive. Possibly even optimize some of your FBA fees with different packaging and that kind of thing. And uh, you should be able to ramp that profit margin up, hopefully to 50% or more. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of a good way to get started. Yeah. And I think, you know, if I were to add in, you know, one other thing, um, a few other things that I often recommend for people from what I've seen is if you can find a product that um, has more range in terms of how you can market it outside of Amazon, then that can give you a huge advantage too. Yeah. You know, we're talking about this earlier, but. Um, you know, if you can market this product on social media or on YouTube or on art, you know, blogging and whatnot, that's going to give you another competitive advantage of different options that you might have. Because other products, you might feel a little bit limited. It might meet all the criteria, but if it's a hammer versus, uh, you know, you can only do so much on that on Instagram or Facebook versus if it's a resistance bands or something, you might yeah. feel, hey, you know what, I've got more ways that I can market and promote that product. Yep. So that's another thing that I want to throw into is just looking at even beyond Amazon, the broader range of things and thinking about, hey, can I, you know, if it meets this criteria and I have two products that are kind of both meeting that criteria, which one is going to have more potential to do maybe some other marketing strategies with too? Yeah, sure. I mean, because I mean, Amazon isn't the only place to get sort of traffic and sales from. I mean, you know very well, uh, like what's possible outside of Amazon. And so, yeah, if you're able to tap into a traffic channel outside of Amazon that goes directly to your listing as opposed to fighting for uh, you know keyword traffic and ad traffic on Amazon, like that's perfect. Like there's there's a way where you can po- possibly go after products that may be more competitive than what we would typically recommend. But if you're somebody who's willing to go out there and really kind of nail it on social media, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, uh, then you can probably go after products that are a little more competitive than what we would typically recommend for somebody who's just going to be leveraging Amazon. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, and even if you have a bit of an, you don't have to like be passionate or even use the product. I know people like that. You know, I know men that will sell like uh, women, products for women, you know, and yeah. they have not, like, they're not the demographic, the market. But, you know, I, I also believe if you have an interest or a passion, it's not a requirement, but it can give you a bit of an edge too because sure. it's something that you're going to use yourself. You might share it with your friends and family. Um, and you're pro- you might be more passionate just to work on the business and really believe in it uh, that much more too. Yeah, so for sure. I'm sure you've seen 
like every type of person out there when it comes to that stuff though. Yeah, I mean I've seen people that like a guy who built like a business selling like essential oils. Never yeah. using essential oil in his life, could care less. <laughs> it's just an opportunity, yeah. But he builds a business, a couple years later he sells it for a couple million dollars. Yeah. Um, and then I've seen people that have built a business that they were incredibly passionate about that never got off the ground because it was never a good opportunity to begin with. Ideally, you find the crossover between yeah. both, um, but you have to think about your goal. Like, yeah. is your goal to, is, it, it, like, prioritize your goals too. Is your number one goal yeah. to build a product that you love and you brag about and that kind of thing, even if it doesn't do well? Yeah. Or is your number one goal to build a business that's successful, financially successful, that helps yeah. you out financially, provides security? Um, there's no right or wrong answer. Like, it's kind of, you have to make your own call. But if that is your number one goal, then that should be your number one criteria. And you shouldn't let uh, yourself choose anything that doesn't really meet that number yeah. one criteria. So if it's yeah. a product that you may not be super excited about, like, you can either spend more time looking for something that you are, or you can go with it knowing that it's still going to meet your number one goal. Um, so you kind of have to choose. Yeah, it's almost like you have to, because I, I do see the people that are so passionate about something, yeah. but and they ignore the numbers, they ignore the demand, they ignore the market, and they're just kind of uh, just they just love it. And yeah. oftentimes that can get you in trouble. So you almost have to remove the emotion first. You have to yeah. look at the analytics, the number, the research, the market, and then yeah, add on if you have the interest or passion. But that kind of has to come first because it's not going to do well just based on your passion for it alone. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, and then also when it comes to researching, there's, you know, Amazon has different platforms, different marketplaces in the US, Canada, Europe, Australia now, India. Um, you know, do you recommend for someone, we discussed this already a little bit in another video, but to start on and do the research in the US because they might find that maybe there's more of a demand in the US or maybe there's more of a demand in a, another marketplace or less or more competition. So how do you tell someone, you know, which platform they should start with? Yes, I mean, it depends on where you live. Um, so, I mean, I would say if you live in U.S. or Canada, you're likely going to start on U.S., uh, Amazon.com. Yeah. If you live in Europe, then you're probably nowadays going to want to start, if you speak English, um, then Amazon.co.uk, Amazon UK. Uh, if you speak German, Amazon Germany. Uh, and uh, I would recommend one of those two platforms. You could possibly look at something like Amazon Spain. It's just the volume quite, isn't quite as big. So I would recommend either Amazon.com, Amazon UK, or Amazon Germany, depending on what language you speak and where you live. Uh, Amazon Japan, another huge one if you happen to speak Japanese or live in Japan or something. Uh, that can be an amazing platform um, because the, what deals on those other platforms outside the U.S. is that the competition isn't as high but the sales volume uh, has, has picked up a lot. And so there's a lot of opportunity there. Still a lot of opportunity in the U.S. So it really just depends where you're at and kind of what language you speak. But if you happen to live in one of those places where you have access to that market, absolutely go start there. What you don't want to do is pick a low-volume Amazon platform, like Amazon Canada, uh, not a huge uh, high-volume platform. Uh, some of the newer ones, Amazon uh, India, Amazon Australia, they just haven't grown as much. And so like, sure, it can be great to get like an early foothold there, maybe start building reviews. But remember, going back to like, what is your number one goal? Is your number one goal to build a successful business as quickly as possible? If it is, you don't want to try to be the first place and first person into a marketplace or into a product in general. Go somewhere where the machine is up and running, you know how the thing works, people are already producing sales. And so that means UK, uh, I mean, .com US, UK, Germany, and Japan are kind of the main ones. Awesome. 
And then uh, someone that might be watching this right now, they've already kind of done the research, but they still haven't pulled the trigger. And I know there's some people out there that they might not, they they maybe have a few different options, but it doesn't 100% meet the criteria, or maybe they have fear or doubt, or they're just afraid to really go for it and contact the suppliers, order the inventory, and move forward with it. So what, what advice would you give to someone that maybe is in that position where they've kind of dabbled a little bit with the research but haven't really gone for it 100%? Yes, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, product research and choosing the right product is incredibly important. Um, but it's not going to matter at all if you never kind of pull the trigger and like get yeah. something live because you're going to learn a heck of a lot more there. Now, if you completely rush the product research part, uh, meaning if you're literally just like you pop on Amazon and three seconds later, you're like, sweet, I'm going with this product. Yeah. Uh, that's probably not a good idea. But if you've looked at product opportunities, you've created a list, you've, it meets all the criteria, you've contacted suppliers, you've got pricing, you've got samples, you know there's a good opportunity, at that point it's time to go for it. Like it's time to make a decision because you may have doubts and that kind of thing. You may still think it's not perfect, but you have to put something out there. Like you have to get the thing going and that's what's going to help you learn more. It's, it's going to give you more confidence. Uh, you're going to see how the full picture works rather than get really good at the product research yeah. side, but then never see how the yeah. rest of the business works because, I mean, that's where all the value comes from. Uh, so, I mean, with one of these businesses, like, it's so easy to get a positive return on your investment when you look at the company value standpoint. Uh, I mean, my wife, for example, like, she started selling on Amazon and has, has basically just, the thing kind of coasts there. Uh, it produces good sales every day. She doesn't put a ton into it, maybe like an hour a day at most. Uh, some days probably zero other than maybe checking some stats. The little she's done and the little she's invested from a financial standpoint, like that business is already worth, if someone were to buy it right now, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And she's probably spent a total of 12 to 15 grand on inventory over the course of like three or four reorders of inventory. Right. And it's just uh, amazing what you can do when you look at it from that perspective. And people will buy these businesses. So don't, you don't want to think that like, yeah, I spent $3,000 on inventory, but uh, I've only produced you know, three or $4,000 in sales. Like when you do that a few times, you've got a business that's worth something. Like you could probably go sell it if you want to. So yeah. you shouldn't be that concerned about that, but you have to get something live. I remember hearing something the other day that was talking about like kids learning to walk. And it was saying the ones who learned how to walk faster the only thing that made that big of a difference is that their parents encouraged them to walk more. Yeah. Like, that was it. They just got them up there. Hey, go walk, you fall. You walk, you fall. You walk, you fall. And none of us are going to be like, no, you have to have the perfect strategy yeah. to be able to walk. And yeah. then you can start walking. It's like, at some point, you just got to get out there and start trying stuff. Um, so if you're getting kind of like analysis paralysis, yeah. just pick a date and go for it. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, like, you'll, you'll be much happier you did. Yeah, and that, that first product doesn't have to be for life. It's often... Yeah. You know, I know for myself, for Tatiana, the first product was just kind of getting your feet wet and you make a bit of money. It might not be your million dollar product, but you know, what you learn from that, you can always sell it off. You can then take what you've learned, go into the next product. And I know many people that have just kind of moved from one product to the next to the next before they find that one and they've got the experience to find that one that they really have the biggest success with. So don't be a perfectionist. Um, Take action. Make sure that you move forward with it. Uh, we're going to wrap up this video for now, and what I'm going to do is I'll link for you guys as well the uh, different products, uh, PDFs that you guys have. If you guys want more uh, Amazon training videos like this, then go to www.projectlifemaster.com/fba. I'll have a link below, 
And uh, I'll share with you guys more about the amazing selling machine and the program that they have available as well. So thank you guys for watching. See you in the next video. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon.